0: Welcome to the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I'm Bethany Bravery, and I'm thrilled that you are here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend on the podcast to share not only the story that God is writing for her, but the story that God is redeeming in her life. I cannot wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the bringing her hope podcast Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption. My guest this week is Kate Hurley. Kate Hurley is a singer, a songwriter, a worship leader, and an author. And today we're going to unpack the concept of what it looks like to make sense of your unexpected single life. So whether you are single or married or maybe even divorced, I'm telling you this episode has something for you. So let's jump right in. Today, we're going to be unpacking this concept of what it looks like to make sense of your unexpected single life. So Kate, you are a singer, a songwriter, a worship leader, an author, a life coach, and a teacher, all these things. But tell us about this journey of what um, God has taken you on as he's been making sense of your unexpected single life.
1: I am 44 years old. I um, am about to turn 45. And I've never been married. And just like any other little girl that dreams in her bedroom of her wedding and her children and has baby dolls and just all the things that come with the dreams that a little girl has, I always wanted to get married. And I've always loved kids. I've always worked with kids. I've been a camp counselor. I've worked with group foster homes and orphanages, just so many focus on kids. And so to, you know, hit my 30s and probably around my mid-30s, I realized, wow, I'm probably never going to have children, and I might not ever get married either. Um, And so it's just been such a journey of trying to live a beautiful, full life, even though my life looked so different than I expected it to look. And it's been quite a journey, quite a journey. (laughs)
0: What kind of emotions, what kind of feelings were coming, um, as you know, years progressed, uh, were you comparing yourself to maybe other friends that were getting married and um, were you comparing yourself to the dream that you had as a little girl? What kind of unpack those emotions for us? Take us on that journey.
1: I had really close girlfriends in high school that we still talk to this day so many years later. And, um, they they were the ones who kind of introduced me to my faith and um and they were wonderful girls but they all the majority of them got married when we were 22 23 and so yes i did feel this this strange like why am i not being chosen and um and i think it went from many years of thinking like maybe there's something wrong with me and that's why nobody wants to marry me too Later in life, like I'm pretty awesome. Like, what's wrong with these men for not not marrying me? Like, I I, I think it shifted quite a bit. And my my I, I think my insecurities were more replaced by like, huh, this is a puzzle. Like, I, I I I mean, and everybody in my life was saying the same thing. Like, you're such a wonderful person. Like, why is nobody marrying you? So yeah. Um, and the emotions were so strong, and I, I mean, over so many years—I mean, probably two decades—I went through so many emotions. But for the most part, it was—it was just very, very difficult. I mean, and I, I take comfort in the fact that there were even characters in the Bible who just so much lamented over not having children, and—and um, and it was—it was both not having children and a husband. Both of those things were things I was mourning. Um yeah, but I also learned so much in that in that, but yeah, so pretty much every feeling that I could have I had
0: <laughs> What did it look like as you were navigating through it to kind of have this balance between expectations you're having your dreams kind of in one hand and then reality of what's going on? How did you? kind of carry both of those in hand? Did you struggle with um, wrestling with God? Did you struggle with, um, you know, maybe if I had this list of what this guy would look like, then that would happen? Um, Did you know how to navigate dating and those kinds of things? I mean, what did that look like for you, this expectation versus what was going on in your real life?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely felt like, um Yes, I, I. I. It was such a um, a place of of wanting to be honest with my emotions and not ignore it, but I also couldn't just sit in bed all day and and not let my life go on. Mm-hmm. Like I really had to um, be present with my own life and my own story, and to be thankful even for my own story. So I. I spent you know the majority of those years I was um, a touring musician. So. I traveled the world, all over every country, Europe seven times, every state almost, and Brazil, and Argentina, and India, and just just so much traveling, which um, was such a blessing and really beautiful. And I threw myself a lot into my work, into my making music, into my um, teaching, and and um, and so it was just this combination of like. I was mourning. I was struggling. I, I really had a hard time being alone, but I also didn't want to give up on my life mm. because, because it didn't look like the way that I wanted it to look.
0: hmm And, uh, would you say that specifically, um, you, did you, did you create maybe I don't know, like a single bucket list to kind of help navigate through that season? Did it did it help to have goals through that season? If you were speaking to a gal that's listening right now and she's saying, hey, I'm in this same unexpected single life. This is not what I wanted. um, What would be some encouragement that you'd have for her?
1: I think that um, the way that our culture is. It, it really lends to this idea that a romantic partner is all that you need to be happy and um and i am in a committed relationship now that i've been in for almost 2 years now and um almost 45 so this is a very late in life to find a partner and he's got five, four kids and um it, it is a settling thing to finally have that person that i that i depend on and that i love so much but at the same time, I think something I learned in my singleness was that there's also so many other beautiful parts of life mm-hmm. that you can delve into. And you can still learn to communicate well with people that you love. You can still take care of the poor and homeless people. Or I mean, during that all these years being single, I for many years worked with homeless people. I for many years um, worked with refugees and um gave free lessons to refugees, music lessons and um I just I just really wanted and then I had really close friends. I lived mm. in i lived in communities several times where I was in a situation where we shared our food and we um had meals together and the reason for all those experiences really was because I was trying to still learn to love yeah. and still learn to pour myself into people even though it didn't look like the traditional pouring myself into a husband and mm-hmm. children. Um, and I think that when you find yourself in a situation like this where life is so different than you expected, it's so easy and it's so in our human nature to say, um, oh, my life is so hard, I just want to hole up in my bedroom. Mm. But there's still love to be given and there's still love to be had, even if you are not in a typical um, husband and children
0: Situation. Gosh, I I love that perspective. I think that's so good. I think oftentimes um, people that are what they would call sometimes their waiting season, you know, until that next season of life that you know whether it's marriage or whatever it is that God is using every single moment. And I love that you were working on cultivating, you know, your heart to become whatever God has for you to, you know, to refine you and to renew you and to restore you. I love that. That's so awesome. Um, So you wrote a book, it's called Getting Naked Later, Making Sense of the Unexpected Single Life. And you talk about disenfranchised grief. Can you explain how that pertains to singles? Yeah, so um, disenfranchised
1: grief is kind of this idea of grieving over something that isn't uh, material or um, mm. it's grieving or, over something you never had and it um, instead of something that you did have. And disenfranchised grief is um, something where you are deprived the right to grieve, basically. And um, just as an example, when, when my dad died, which was about, I think, around seven years ago, you know, people came to my side, people... Um, gave me gift baskets and letters, and came to my dad's funeral with me. And I had I had such a support system um, there for me, and it was beautiful. But something I really thought about was that I have grieved so much over not having children and not having a husband. But it's a grief that people don't really understand because it's like. We never had those things. Why would you mm, grieve over them? Yeah. But but you're grieving over them because you never had them. And it's a disenfranchised grief because you're kind of deprived of your right to grieve because people just don't understand why that would hurt so much. Mm. And it is very different, you know, and probably more horrible to have a child that you had and lose that child or, or even to have a marriage and have a divorce. Those are horrible things. But there is also a place for people like me who never has had um, a a husband or has never had the chance to have somebody call me mommy, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And those are really difficult griefs. And it's just so important for people to be educated and to know, wow, we need to support people who are in this situation because it is really hard and it is a grief that people suffer
0: Hmm. That's so true. And, you know, I'm thinking about too, you know, as you mentioned, you know, people that have walked through divorce, maybe this, maybe they had to get out of the marriage or end because of abuse or something like that. And, you know, I think oftentimes people will be like, well, I'm so glad that you're out of that and you're, you know, you're good to go now or whatever. And I think, um, in the, to this same point, it's, the person is grieving for what they hoped their marriage would look like. Right. There's a lot Mm, of things that we struggle with grief of what we hoped it would, what we dreamed of, like you said, as little girls. Um, so yeah, I think that that really taking inventory of what your grief is and giving real emotion to it and giving time to it and allowing God in so he can heal through that. I think that's so good. Um, a common sentiment that people express to single people is if you just let go, you will find the one. So how do you feel about this one for advice for singles girl?
1: <laughs> yes, I, I spent a chapter talking about this in my book and it's probably um, the chapter that people have, like single people have the most said, Oh, my gosh, thank you for saying that. Yes. <laughs> um, which is basically that if you just let go, even the will come. And we hear that a lot. There's a lot of things we hear, but that's one of the things we hear a lot. And a lot of it is just that our married friends are trying to help and they're trying to have an answer for us. But what ends up happening with that particular comment is that we feel like, um, what what someone is saying to us is you've done something wrong and that's why you're not married. Mm. <laughs> so you didn't let go. You didn't do, you know, you didn't do something, and that's why you're not married. And so, therefore, it's your fault that you're not married. Um, And it also kind of insinuates that, like, everybody who did get married did let go. And Mm so, obviously, they did something right, and we did something wrong. And I don't think people even realize that's what they're doing. But um, that philosophy does have that, that attached to it of, like, um you made some kind of mistake and that's why you're not married. So yeah. that's a hard one for us singles to hear. Absolutely. <laughs> not our favorite.
0: Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, And would you say that there's any characters in the Bible that have helped you in your journey as a single woman? I would love to hear this one, because I think a lot of people have that question of, well, you know, there's Adam and Eve. It's obvious we're all supposed to get married. And now what do I do if that's not looking like that's going to be a chapter in my story?
1: Right. (laughs) Well, yes, the one I relate to the most. I mean, the first thing I think of is Abraham, but he was married, but he had to wait so long Mm. to have. His promise. I mean, and I'm sure. And and in the meantime, he tried to troll his way into getting his promise. He tried so many things, and then got surprised him um, after many, many years of him not seeing the promise. You know. But the one that I relate to the most is Hannah. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I should have brushed up on this a little bit. But 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 Hannah in the Old Testament is the is the woman who had Samuel, and she, she was married. And she couldn't have children and then her husband's um other wife had lots of children. And so she was just very, very sad. And there's just this scene where she goes to the temple and she um cries out to God and the prayer that she has is just so honest. It's just so much like, My heart is grieving mm-hmm. so much. Like yes. it's just this incredibly heartfelt um prayer where she's just like in the depths of despair and she doesn't hide it from God. She she absolutely brings it to God. And in the story, um, someone sees her and thinks she's drunk, but it's probably cause back then, I mean this was not the way you would necessarily come to church. You wouldn't come and like bawl your guts out <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to God. You know, so I think they that person probably thought she was drunk because it just looks so different than they were used to, and she's—they're like, "Why is she so emotional? Like, this is crazy. Why is she so emotional?" Um, but she—but it says that God heard her cry, mm. and then he, and then He gave her Samuel, and Samuel, and she ended up dedicating Samuel to the church, and he became uh, a ruler, and um, and he was a different ruler than any other ruler. He ruled by like. Prophecy, rather than judgment, it was just a very different ruling, and it all came from this this sweet girl who was just longing so much for her desires to come true, and she wasn't she wasn't, you know, she was just so honest with God, rather than being like, "It's all right and mm-hmm. I don't have to be all right," you know, she was like, "This is ours. Like God, help me," you know, and God heard that, and. um And it's hard because not everybody listening to this podcast, including me, might cry out to God and get exactly what they want. You know, I I probably will never have children from my own womb, but it looks like it's very possible that I will have stepchildren. you know. Um, But there's just something about listening to this character who Mm -hmm. was just completely honest with God. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, when we are honest with God, those walls kind of come down and it allows us to just have deeper intimacy intimacy with him, and for him to be able to show us who his character is, but then also for him to show us who we are and who he calls us. I think, especially as um, you know, navigating specifically the unexpected single life, we can feel like, well, maybe it's because we're not pretty enough, or we're not smart enough, or we're just not enough. And I think allowing those walls to come down and allowing God to speak over who we are, not only continue to grow our relationship with him, but it also helps us to be able to walk into the confidence of who he says that we are. And I think that that, you know, if that time or season comes in dating or whatever that looks like, you know who he calls you, right? You you understand and you can walk in that confidence and know that the person that you're gonna be with is, is someone who will see that as well, which is really, really important. Um, I think sometimes, you know, when people are navigating through singleness they can have moments of loneliness which is totally understandable but that can also become desperation desperation for connection and relationship and um so what would you speak to that is that a struggle that you've had to where you felt oh man i just want this to happen so i will just i will just date whoever i need to date or um have you struggled with any of those raw real feelings
1: yeah, definitely. I feel like there's you know, there's a difference between feeling lonely and and feeling desperate. Mm-hmm. And I definitely I had seasons where my heart was in the right place and I was really trusting God, but I also really had seasons where I was kind of idolizing the the idea of marriage mm-hmm. and um and I was I was placing so much hope and and despair into the fact that I wasn't married. Um um, yeah, but I actually have always had really high standards for who I date. Um, mm-hmm. I I haven't, you know, I I definitely had many guys. I mean, like I used to be very like, oh, all the guys I've seen haven't liked me. But then I would, I remember one day counting, and I was like, okay, here's all the guys that I liked that didn't like me. But here's all the guys that liked me mm-hmm. that I didn't like back. And it helped me go. I, it's not just. it's not just me, you know, there's been several guys that have liked me that that I just have not been interested, you know, I just Mm -hmm. have, it just has not been up to my standards. And when I say my standards, I don't necessarily mean they weren't handsome enough or they weren't like rich enough or whatever the case may be. It was, it was just that it wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. And also usually that our, our faith were so different. And, you know, my, my boyfriend now, he doesn't make very much money and he's got four kids and all this stuff that might have, you know, some people might be like, Oh, that's, that's like hard stuff. But, um, but he's just like such a loving godly man. Like he just loves God so deeply and he, his life has been so changed by God. And, and, you know, that's the reason that I'm like, I don't want to lose this relationship because he, I mean, you know, it's it, it's the kind of thing I've been looking for my whole life. Mm. Even though on paper some things might not look perfect, but yeah, so I did. I didn't really, you know, I didn't really settle. I did go lots and lots and lots of online dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of them worked out, so
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's interesting, though, what you pointed out. Um, I think oftentimes. Um, when we're not in a married relationship we can put marriage on this pedestal that it is so Great, And it will be our absolute savior for all things and all emotions and all things. And while marriage is incredible and God did design it, nothing is supposed to be over him. And in fact, that can be crushing to another person if we feel like we have to place all of our hope is just going to be in this relationship. And so I love that you were able to point that out um, because, yeah, it can it can feel like sometimes when you don't have it that, oh, man, my life would be perfect perfect if, and that could be for anything. My life would be perfect if I had children. My life would be perfect if I had that perfect career. And it's like, that's, that's really not the goal here. You know, it's interesting with marriage. It's, it's kind of the opposite of what Hollywood tells us. Hollywood tells us, you know, we're going to be pursued every day and told that we're lovely and amazing and wonderful every day and we're going to be this princess. But really, like marriage looks like just surrender and serving each other and doing what God asks us to do. And it looks completely different than how Disney describes it to us. And so I think we have to kind of rewrite the story in our heads to be able to understand what we're what we're desiring and what we're seeking. And I think it's so incredible that you've taken in this time this season to learn how to love people well so you can love and that's exciting that you are dating someone and um, what have you learned in that experience if you feel comfortable sharing
1: yes I think even what you're saying right now is, is exactly what I'm learning I mean um, I, I mean there is definitely a settling there's definitely a joy you know I mean and as a single I, I don't want to say that with any I, sometimes I had a friend who said to me, like, getting married actually saved, solved a lot of my problems of being um, lonely. And um, that's not a very common sentiment. You know, most people say, you're still lonely, it's so hard. But I, I loved hearing that from her because a lot of my married friends would be like, but marriage is so hard, which I want to know that. But I also want to know that it can be a joy, too. Mm, so I have good. found it to be a joy. But I, for sure, I mean, just there's just so many wonderful things about having a partner that I can talk to and um, that I share life with. But at the same time, and I, I kind of expected this would happen, and it did, basically there are new joys, absolutely new joys that I love, but there's mm-hmm. also new problems that mm-hmm. I didn't have single. Whereas, but it's also true when I was single, there were joys, but there were also problems. And it just feels like every season you're in there are joys and there are problems absolutely <laughs> and um and i'm i'm actually writing a new book on uh thought life um that's not the singleness book it's an, another one and i the chapter i was writing the other day i said something like Um, you always have something that you can be discontent about and you can always have something that you can be thankful for. Mm -hmm. And it's just so much which one you choose. Do you you choose the the thing to focus on that you're discontent in or do you choose to focus on the thing you can be thankful for? And um, since every single season has um, beautiful things and difficult things, it's just so important that we um deal with the difficult things with shrewdness and truthfulness but that we also focus and take in the beauty um and and drink it in and go what's beautiful about this season that I will never have again
0: mm-hmm. yeah um so what would you say let's kind of pivot and look at being single and in the church what would you say some challenges are that single space in the church
1: yeah and um this was a little bit of a hard topic to talk about because I never want to sound judgy or like yes. I, I don't appreciate my married friends or the church in general, um, but it has been, yeah, when I was blogging more often, I wrote a book, I mean, I'm not a book, I wrote a blog post called um, Singles, it was something like Singles in the Church, Why It Sucks to Be Unintentionally Overlooked, and that mm. that. That post is my one post that went viral, and I think it's because it was just something that hadn't been said, really. And um, and the singles were like, "Yes, it's true." And I mean, basically, you know, high half the population is single. The singleness population has grown drastically since the '50s. I mm-hmm. don't know the exact statistics, but it's there's just so many more single people, whether they've never been married or are divorced now. Um, and yet, the church is often very focused on marriage and kids and that those are the messages you hear those are the books that come out um and we have singles just often just sit there and go oh this is good advice i wonder if they notice that we exist Mm. (laughs) and you know usually the pastor is married with kids so he doesn't usually um, have the perspective of like, oh, there's single people in my congregation. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they're going through right now. You know, it's right. very unlikely to have a single pastor, and it's interesting because in the Catholic Church, you know, the the the, the priest is the single one. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so they're probably thinking about singleness more or loneliness or things like that. But um, in the Protestant Church, that is barely ever the case, and so it's just. Um, and again it's not like anything like people are being nasty or mean or anything. They just I think it's just not in their line of vision really that singles have problems. They mm-hmm. you know, I I remember being at church once and I heard this this pastor was praying and he goes he was like, "God, I pray for the married people who are struggling with marriage and I pray for the I can't remember what else he said, but then he was like, and I pray for the singles who chuckle chuckle don't know how good they have it oh my gosh, <laughs> I was yeah. like yes because singles have no problems at all <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness
0: so, yeah can be hard sometimes. For sure. Um, So let's say we have a gal listening right now and she's like, okay, Kate, I hear what you're saying. I'm gonna kind of embrace my singleness. I can still at the same time have this hope in my heart and bring my hopes and dreams to the Lord. But what do I do right now with loneliness? How do I combat loneliness as a single? What would you say to her?
1: Mm, That's a really good question. Um, it'd be so easy for me to say just to turn to God, but mm-hmm. I know that I have had times in my life where I have really, really honestly turned my heart towards God, um, delved into Him, been near Him, been in Him, been through Him, um, and still had the feeling of loneliness. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's not a very popular sentiment to say in church culture, you know, because God does feel so much of of um who you are as a human. Um but at the same time I think God has compassion on somebody who doesn't have a partner mm-hmm. to talk to. He understands that he is um wonderful and beautiful and and ha- holds the space as the god in your life. But he also understands that he is not physically present with you. He's not able to physically hold you. He's not physically able to speak to you as a, a human you know, to a human. So I feel like God has so much compassion for that. And I, I don't think he gets mad at people when they feel lonely, like, oh, why aren't you trusting in me? Like, no, he gets that loneliness is a human condition that's very hard. I mean, he. He, I mean, the most beautiful thing we can imagine is that he became a human so that he could understand things like Mm. being lonely. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, like even the cross, one of the most beautiful parts of the cross is that he did that so that he could be with us in our suffering. Mm. And so I guess that a lot of what I feel is um, that being near God is definitely going to bring so much hope and beauty. But that doesn't mean the feelings of loneliness will be gone. At the same time, like, you can delve into the beauty, 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 the beautiful, beautiful truth that God um, made himself lonely so he could understand our loneliness, so he could be there with us in our loneliness, Um, to not necessarily take the loneliness away, but to be in in it with us.
0: I love that. I love that yeah it there's a scripture i can't think of it i'll look it up and put it in the show notes but it it says that he you know he catches every single tear and it's like he isn't just you know like you said standing back and and just you know suck it up you're fine He is grieving with us he understands and you know i think about the fact that he was single you know and he navigated through all that he navigated through and and didn't have necessarily a partner in the sense that we look at, you know, like Adam and Eve or a marriage or whatever that looks like. And um, so he understands probably more than anyone what that looked like to, to do it kind of on your own, but yet we're not on our own because we do have the Lord. Um, so I am so excited. You are launching a, your book again, Getting Naked Later, Make Sense of the Unexpected Single Life. So where can our listeners grab that book? Cause I know they're gonna want to after listening to this interview girl. Yes. Again, I think the
1: best place on Amazon are Barnes & Noble, um, that Barnes & Noble website. I think it will also be in Barnes & Noble stores. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so that, that's the best place to, to get them, to get the book.
0: That, that is great. And who would you say you wrote this for? Well, I
1: originally wrote it for um, pe- people like me who um, just are struggling with being single. But um, I actually wrote a second edition to the book, which is what is coming out this week, and um, and that, that I decided to to actually focus more in the second edition on divorced people mm-hmm. as well because I realize there's a, there's a population of divorced people who, um, just like you were saying, um, it's kind of a different different problem than I had, but it's still very similar in that. You had a dream, and then it just came out so different than you ever expected it. So I did um, write a new chapter about divorce and tried to think a little bit more about my divorced friends in the midst of um, the rewrite. But um, but yeah, a lot of it is just for for people who are like me who have struggled with being single. But I've also had many um, married couples read it as well and tell me—and also pastors. I've had a few pastors read it and tell me how much it helps them to understand the singles in their life. and, um, and, And so I think it also really is helpful for the Church at large, people who want to understand their single friends better and want to support them and pastors who want to understand their single congregants better. Um, so, we're for a lot of people, but the fo- main focus was for single people and and also some divorced people as well
0: awesome i'm I'm so grateful that you created this resource. I think it's important to be able to know, um, I think with this podcast specifically, um, one reason we wanna tell people's stories is for other people to know they're not alone. Um, I think sometimes a lie from the enemy is, oh, you're alone, you're the only one walking through this. And being able to read your book, we understand that, hey, we're not alone. If we are navigating through this, we are not alone. We have the same feelings that other people have and that God still will have us and redeem the story, whatever that looks like, however he wants to write it. So. So beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Kate, I just want to say thank you so much because you are doing a big book giveaway for us. So if you guys want to enter to win her book again, Getting Naked Later, Making Sense of the Unexpected Single Life, you can enter to win at bringingherhope.com and she'll be uh, sending you a book so you can read it uh, front to back and get into that resource that she has created for you. So thank you so much for loving on our guests that way by giving those books away to us. And then why, or how, let's do this, how can people connect with you, Kate? I know after hearing their stories they're going to want to connect with you. So how they how can they connect with you on social or your website? What's best to connect with you on?
1: Um, my website is a good place because, um, uh, as you said at the beginning, I have I do a lot of different things. I, <laughs> I am a licensed, I do a lot of music, I just came out with a new CD. Um, music has been my life for a long time. Now I teach music lessons and I am working on a new book. So my website is the best place to go, which is com. And I also give away free music if you want it. You can always email me and I can give you some of my music for free. Um, and But that has everything. It has, you know, the book. the the <laughs> And... I am probably starting a podcast soon on singleness which uh, the tentative uh, title is um, One Single Thread podcast. Um so that will, there will be more information on my website about that as well so katehurley.com is that website and then I'm also on Facebook um, as I guess Kate Hurley I am Kate Hurley <laughs> and then Instagram I am Kate Hur- I am Kate Hurley. K-A-T-E-H-U-R-L-Y.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again for just giving us your time today and sharing your story and sharing what God is doing in it. And I know that it's going to encourage a whole bunch of people. So thanks, friend. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. Absolutely. I'm so grateful for my interview that I just got to have with Kate. And I was thinking about the whole concept of expectations and thinking about what we've talked about with as little girls, we have this picture in our mind of what our wedding day is going to look like, what our wedding dress is going to look like, uh, what our marriage is going to look like, this happily ever after concept. And... Thinking about my own story, you know, I've not shared all of my story, but I am a single mom. I've walked through divorce. Um, I've been on the single side when I wasn't really sure how to navigate everything. And I felt like my savior, my uh, my answer to all my prayers would be um, a relationship and a marriage. And while marriage is incredible and awesome and God created marriage and it's a gift, I think sometimes we can put so much weight and heaviness on one relationship that can it can be crushing in a way. Um, but I've definitely learned as I've navigated uh, being single again and being single as a single mom that, man, God can really show, show up in just such beautiful ways and provision and all the things but while um at the same time it is an awesome season and i've learned so much from it there's nothing wrong as you're listening today if you are struggling with maybe feelings of loneliness or feelings of longing to be in that relationship and um, know that god hears you and he sees you and he cares about every desire um, of your heart and that he is continuing to write your story and the chapter you may be in um, is only temporary so have this the expectation that God has you because he truly does friend I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption. Also, just a reminder, if you want to enter to win the book, Getting Naked Later, Making Sense of the Unexpected Single Life, you can do so at bringingherhope.com. Man, today has been so much fun to be able to hang out and chat about another story of God's redemption. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. But until next time, keep living brave stories for Jesus.